You are listening to the Think Brick Australia podcast. Think Brick Australia represents the clay, brick and paver manufacturers of Australia. Brick by Brick, our podcast will discuss technical information and architectural case studies with special guests. I'm your host, Elizabeth McIntyre, the CEO of Think Brick Australia. On today's episode, and even though we are heading into summer, we are going to be discussing fireplaces because it's very important we're coming up to Christmas. I'd like to welcome James Liu, our special guest and civil engineer here at Think Brick. He has a real passion for fireplaces and he's going to talk us through them. Welcome, James. Thanks for having me, Elizabeth. Right, just before we get started, let's maybe talk a little bit about why we should design fireplaces with brick. I think a lot of people see bushfires and see that the chimneys are the only thing left standing, which suggests to me that they are robust and durable. But why should we design our fireplaces with brick? You should design fireplaces in brick mainly because of their non-combustible nature. That's the main primary advantage that bricks have over other materials. Bricks are non-combustible, meaning that they don't catch fire when a fire is exposed to them. And the reason why they're non-combustible is because that they're kiln-fired in a combustion chamber during the manufacturing process at approximately 1,000 to 1,200 degrees. So bricks are extremely sturdy and extremely durable when it comes to being exposed to fires. I think we used to say we fire them up so you don't have to. And then what are the actual specification or strain standards do we need to look at for fireplaces? Yeah, so AS2918 is the main standard that we use for designing in fireplaces. And AS2918 is the domestic solid fuel burning appliances standard that we use for designing fireplaces. In conjunction to this, we also use the National Construction Code Volume 1 to design specific parts for our fireplace. Now we're going to look at types of fireplaces. James, can you take us through the the key types? So we have three different types of fireplaces. The first type of fireplace that we're going to be talking about today is an open fireplace. And this is when we have a fire that's exposed to the occupants in the living room. These are extremely decorative, however, can be a little bit less efficient when it comes to containing that heat. Secondly, we have an insert fireplace, and this is where we have a box or a combustion chamber device that contains the fire. These fireplaces are more efficient than open fireplaces and can operate via combustion of wood or through electricity or natural gas. They normally last for longer too as well. Exactly that. (laughs) And thirdly, we have an outside fireplace, and these are typically used not indoors. And these don't have stringent construction requirements like we do for open fireplaces. All right, now we're going to move into some of the components. Can you just take us through the key components? Sure. So moving from the bottom to the top, firstly, we have the pad footing. And this is the foundation that we have when we're constructing our open fireplace. And there are a few design considerations that we have to consider when designing our pad footing. Firstly, we have to make sure that the footing is reinforced with square mesh from the top and the bottom of the footing. This essentially increases the strength of our pad footing, holds the structure more so than an unreinforced slab. Mm -hmm. The pad footing has to be thick enough to hold the structure above it. We recommend about 150 millimeters thick for a single story house and 200 millimeters thick for a two story house. Next, we have the hearth, and this is the area where the fire will be exposed to, and it is going to be in front of our combustion chamber. There are also a few details that we have to consider as well. 
The hearth should be constructed of a non-combustible material, such as brick, and it has to extend at least 300 millimeters from the opening of the fireplace. And this is so we can catch any soot or any carbon that may find itself away from the fire. So the next part of our fireplace is the opening. And this is the framed area in the fireplace system that provides access to the firebox, essentially where the fire is going to be combusted. Yep. This opening should be about 1.5 meters wide. We, rec we recommend having a wider fireplace opening just so the heat or the radiant heat can be exposed to the occupants and keep everyone warm and toasty. Mm -hmm. Next, we have the combustion chamber. And this is essentially where the fire will be housed. We recommend the back and sides of the wall to be sloped, mainly because we want to increase the reflection of radiant heat to keep our occupants more warm during the winter months. That makes sense. The throat is an essential component of a fireplace because it essentially redirects all of that unwanted byproducts, such as smoke, to redirect itself out and away from the occupants and through the chimney and out of the house. And the last thing? The final component that we have is the smoke shelf, and this is located below the flue. And this component catches any unwanted physical carbon that is a byproduct of the fires that we burn. Thanks, James. Now just moving up to some of the detailing for the chimney that we need to be aware of. What are the key points that we need to think about when we're detailing the chimney? So for chimney detailing, we have to ensure that no water can enter the chimney area. Otherwise to, the fire goes out. Well, the fire goes <laughs> out, exactly right. And to do that, we install flashing around the chimney itself. So the flashing has to extend at least 75 millimetres up towards the length of the chimney and it has to be at least 150 millimetres wide. And to ensure that no water ingresses into our chimney, the flashing has to be moulded into the brick itself. Just looking at maintaining the fireplace now, what are the couple of things that we need to think about? Yeah, so like you mentioned, the first or main components that affect our chimney performance or our fireplace performance is the existence of soot or carbon. So firstly, we have to make sure that all of the debris and ash is cleaned from all areas of our fireplace. And this can occur at the hearth, at the combustion chamber, at the smoke shelf, or even around the chimney tray. Since we're not using the fireplace at the end of each winter, we have to make sure that we clean the soot as well as the carbon away from all these critical areas, such as the hearth, the combustion chamber, the shelf angle, as well as any areas in the chimney where soot can build up. Soot is an extremely hazardous material and can cause smells around the house, unsightly smells to say the least. And these areas should be cleaned within 72 hours of the combustion of your fire. This always makes me think of Mary Poppin and the chimney sweeps when <laughs> I think of, of what we've got to do to clean our fireplace. So let me just see whether I have captured what we need to think about when we're designing a fireplace with brick. The first thing to note is that obviously clay bricks are non-combustible, which means that they won't burn, which is exactly what you want to build your fireplace with, something that won't burn. There's all different designs, colours, shapes and textures um, for fireplaces so that they can blend in with your house or even be a design feature within it. We've spoken today around AS2918, which is the Australian standard you need to refer to for this 
particular requirements for a fireplace. And the two main fireplaces we've talked about today are open fireplaces and insert fireplaces. And we've walked everyone through, I guess, the different components of a fireplace, starting from the bottom with the pad footing, moving up to the hearth, the fireplace opening, the combustion chamber, the throat, and of course, the smoke shelf. And again, we're referring back here to the National Construction Code and also passing the test specified in Australian Standards 2918. Then we moved on to the chimney detailing, where the most important aspect of this is that we must provide flashing so that rain does not come down and dampen our fire and put it out. And finally, we talked a little bit about what we need to do at the end of winter or after we've used the fireplace to ensure that there's no soot and it's cleaned often and that obviously our fires will roar again next winter. Have I captured everything, James? Absolutely, Elizabeth. James, we've talked a lot about some very graphical elements today. And as you know, I love listening to podcasts whilst I'm doing something else. So where can people go to find more information about how to design a fireplace with brick? Sure. So you can find out some detailing requirements for open fireplaces on our website. We have a fact sheet that covers a lot of the points that we covered today, which includes the detailing as well as some of the considerations that you need for designing your fireplace. As well as our website, all of that information can be found in the show notes. And when you're thinking of fireplaces, think brick and thank you, James. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please follow, rate and review our podcast. We are always looking for new ways to think brick. If you have an idea of what you'd like to hear about, there's a link in our show notes to let us know.